Hello and bienvenue to my expat journey. Today I have the privilege to welcome Frédéric Cornu. Bienvenue Frédéric. Thank you Melissa. Thank you for having me. So I met Frédéric through the French New Zealand Chamber of Commerce here in Auckland, New Zealand. And Frédéric is co-chair of uh, the Building and Infrastructure Committee uh, from the Chamber of Commerce. And Frédéric is going to talk to us about his uh, wonderful and fulfilled expatriation journey. So I, I won't go through your whole biography. I would like to introduce yourself uh, first. And mm -hmm. when did this journey started, Frédéric? I guess, I mean, I, I'm born in France, but uh, I spent my childhood in Ivory Coast. Uh, so between one and nine years old, basically, uh, and then went back to France. Um, and I was not aware at that time that I was uh, interested by um, different countries or culture mm -hmm. and so on that much, in a way. Um, at the same time, also, my grandmother is from Germany, actually. So I've, I'm feeling uh, a bit European rather mm -hmm. than just French, in a way. My grandmother is German, too. <laughs> yeah. So um, what happened to me is that after my um, during my engineering school, I did a civil engineering school. Um, mm -hmm. I did um, a summer job internship in Egypt on the Cairo metro line construction. Oh, wow. And um, and when I was there, this is where I thought, wow, this is what I want to do. I want to live and work abroad, mm -hmm. which for me means outside France. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is where I, I realized uh, the importance of uh, foreign languages yeah. in order to exchange with other people. And, um, and therefore, my uh, objective was to try to get uh, what was called, what is called now um, a national service for, uh, for government, for the French government or for uh, an enterprise, uh, yeah. what is in French, uh, VIE or VIA. Mm -hmm. and, and for that, there were quite a, a good number of people that wanted to do that too. And, and therefore, in order to increase my chances to get that and better prepare myself, I decided to do my last year of study in the UK. Mm -hmm. And so I did a Master of Civil and Structural Engineering the last year um, in, in Liverpool, actually, in the uh, north of the UK. So um, actually, it was funny because when I arrived there, in a way, I asked my way to the university mm -hmm. and I could not understand the reply of the oh, person. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I cannot like, imagine oh. the the accent from Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, the accent, but anyway, I have an accent too. But anyway, so it was it was one of my best year or my best year of study actually was in Liverpool mm -hmm. in the way that uh, uh, we were only um, fifteen students maximum in the class compared to up to sixty in France, mm -hmm. and the relationship with a with a professor and the classmate were quite different. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I, I worked a bit in, in UK before actually I get a, a couple of offers for doing my national service for either a French government or, or French company. And, uh, and um, I was lucky to get a position in the French embassy in Japan. Okay. So I, I spent one and a half year, one and a half year in Japan. All right. In charge of real estate project mm -hmm. uh, there, financed by the government. Um, and actually, it's a country I didn't, I mean, a culture or country I didn't know at all. I realized that when I arrived there, basically, mm -hmm. because I could not read anything or, yeah. or, mm -hmm. or talk with people. But it was, uh, I learned a little bit of Japanese there and, mm -hmm. uh, and I enjoyed it very much. It was very different from what I was, I have, I was 
seen before and and uh, people were very nice culture is amazing so yeah i enjoyed it very much and it just reinforced my interest of continuing my my journey abroad uh, which for me means outside france wow what did you learn from that experience in japan for your first experience not studying but working i guess i was uh, how to say i mean you you have to learn different ways of engaging with people and communicating and different way of doing things mm -hmm. um, so you have to be humble and curious and mm -hmm. yeah eager to learn basically mm -hmm. um, and then there are some things that you also need sometimes to try to uh, explain to your counterparts uh, especially the for example the french regulation for for procurement Good luck uh, with that. Specific. <laughs> yeah. so uh, so we, when you deal with for example japanese companies i mean you, you have to to try to educate or to explain this is the way that the project will be uh, organized which is quite different to the way that sometimes they are used to work in, with a japanese client for example mm -hmm. so after that um i wanted to continue to work abroad mm -hmm. and um and it, it's usually not so easy to get a French company uh, sending you sending you directly uh, in another country. Yeah. Um, and I was lucky to, to get uh, an opportunity with uh, uh, De Grémont, which is a subsidiary of Suez, uh, water treatment um, engineering procurement construction company. And uh, I was a commissioning manager, which means basically you start up some water treatment plants in different countries. And your mission can be from two weeks to uh, a year and a half basically so so it's uh you know when you go and you don't know when you come back <laughs> but uh, because you come back when it works basically mm -hmm. uh, when you train your uh, the, the operators from the clients so uh i changed a bit my sector of activity because i was a civil engineer and i, I went to more the water uh, or the environmental protection mm -hmm. uh, utilities uh, business which was very interesting and I, I learned many things and uh, I was supposed to have a, a three months uh, training with some senior commissioning manager before I was going to be sent abroad but mm -hmm. after two weeks joining the company I was asked to to go to start up a, a small water treatment plants in Emirates oh, wow. in the United Arab Emirates by my own so no so training get, so they 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 send I you there training. Yeah, not three months. I get like uh, two days. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and then I, yeah, and then I went there, and uh, it was um, actually uh, a bit different of compared to what I expected in the way that when you do a commissioning of a water treatment plants, you, you need to have some understanding of uh, of mechanical, civil works, um, electricity, automation. Uh, biology, chemical, all these kind of, of disciplines, mm -hmm. uh, but and uh, and you do have a procedure to to follow to before you're going to to try to start the plant. So I follow that and I, I press start and nothing happened. And this is basically the the start of your job. Mm -hmm. um, at the time I was sold around one thousand US dollar to the client to deliver the job. Mm -hmm. So I had quite a lot of pressure on that side. Yeah. Um, and I called my, my boss in France and I said, like, yeah, what, what is this uh, mission exactly? Is it like I need to have some general understanding of all these kind of discipline or do I need to be able to 
let's say, uh, find out and repair or anything. And he said like, oh, you know, and, and I was like, okay. <laughs> so then, that's, that's the work actually. And uh, so I had to, to find some people who were um, specialists in some fields like electricity, for example, to find out where the problem may come from. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 yeah, so I, I engage with different people to help me to, to deliver my job. Um, and so this was done within two weeks. So at the end, it worked well, but, uh, and, and you learn a lot with this kind of experience because basically your job is starting when nothing is working and you have to find out in a systematic way how to make it work uh, and also in a safe way because this uh, could be also some hazardous or risky mm -hmm. mission, yeah, or environment. So you developed new skills because of the urgency of the project and the project itself? Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what, so, did, what did you think at that point about the cultural differences? Because you went to Japan and then now you mentioned it was... Um, Emirates, yeah. Emirates? It's just I was curious to discover all different places and people and yeah, so... I didn't think to, I mean, I just find it very interesting, basically, mm -hmm. uh, because again, you have different sometimes values about, uh, about the life or about the safety aspect or many things. So it's, it's very, very interesting, actually. Um, so after that, I did work um, a bit in France mm -hmm. uh, for some mission there, but also uh, then I went to Iran uh, uh, several times. Mm -hmm. It was very, very interesting too, very nice people. Mm -hmm. um, I remember uh, arriving at the airport in Tehran where it was written, there was a big banner where it was written like US Satan. <laughs> and I, wow, it's, it's really, I mean, you can read things or you can see things on TV, but when you see that, you say, wow, there is yeah, something. Right. Yeah. I cannot imagine the feeling. Mm -mm. Yeah. And, and it was like, um, um, at the same time, you can see that the, the country in a way was was suffering from mm. from different uh, restrictions yeah. and could be for the maintenance of airplanes or for many things um, and at the same time you can see uh, such nice people and, and I the privilege to to work with some of them on, on, on the project mm -hmm. uh, including doing uh, Ramadan at some point with uh, with uh, uh, and the working condition where you are working like six days a week and with a very uh, hot temperature mm. and from 7 a.m. to let's say five or six or 7 p.m. So it was quite intense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, great experience. And, uh, and actually the, my passport was uh, kept at, in Tehran, but uh, the site was like, I don't know if this was two hours away by flight. Mm -hmm. So I was, a, I was in, on an island in the middle of the sea with, with one, one small plane per week. Quite isolated. <laughs> yeah, it was okay, good experience. And then after that, um, still with the same company, I went to China mm -hmm. um, uh, for in Inner Mongolia, actually, in the north of China. Um, and this was for a three months mission. Okay. And, uh, and actually at the end of the day, uh, I spent more than 16 years in China, in, wow. in different places, in different cities, or different jobs and different companies. But yeah, I, I stayed a bit more than what I expected. Yeah. So. So what happened? What what make you choose to stay longer? Mm, so yeah, so it was my wife at, uh, that I met there, not on, on that particular mission, but a mm -hmm. bit later. Okay. Uh, 
and that's the reason why I asked the company to say I don't want to be moving around the world for mm -hmm. uh, for um, too much more missions, and I mm -hmm. want I would like to be an expatriate resident in China. Actually. Okay, so she's Chinese. Yes, she's a um, half Mongol and half uh, Han in terms of ethnicity, mm -hmm. um, and uh, yes, Tunisia. So she was studying French where at university in the city where I was uh, doing one of, of my mission of one year, actually. Maybe one thing to share on, on my first mission in China mm -hmm. was um, in terms of the learning and so on, is that related to safety, for example? Yeah. Um, I was working, I, was, uh, I had one Chinese engineer who speak English and, uh, and then the rest of the team were people from the from the team from the client side who was uh, going to operate the plant. So uh, I had to work with them to start the plant. Okay. And some people didn't have, uh, how to say, they're ready to do uh, or to take some risk to do some things. And therefore uh, I had to adapt my, uh, let's say my way to manage the commissioning of, of a very large um, plant. So to give you an idea, I think was supplying water for like 1.5 million people. So it's mm -hmm. it's a very big plant in terms of size and, and number of equipment to start. Uh, but anyway, the, the idea for me was to, I understood that um, they know better than me what was possible to do. Mm -hmm. um, and with what kind of equipment was available, what kind of know-how and things like this. So basically my my plan or what I ask is to define some um, absolute, for example, in terms of safety, yeah. uh, to say like, this is something that I will not accept and you mm -hmm. can't do. Yeah. And I will accept that we delay this project by a month mm -hmm. if we don't have the right equipment or right tool to do that. Mm -hmm. But I don't want you to go inside a tank like maybe 10 meters down with a rope okay. and, <laughs> and, and you risk to die basically or to have a grave accident. So some people were ready to take a lot of risk uh, just because the boss, their boss, or yeah. somebody said, you have to do it and mm -hmm. the, the person will go for it. And, and I was quite shocked in that way. Mm -hmm. And so- uh, Yeah, that's um, definitely a huge uh, cultural differences. We won't do yeah. that in France, for sure. <laughs> um, yes, I mean, we do, yeah, we, we do not do that at, at that extent, but actually when I worked in France, there were also other mm -hmm. safety issues. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. some time ago and, and it's interesting to see that um, um, that's good news that we see that people have evolved I mean all mm -hmm. of us have evolved on the way we look at safety uh, you can see for example wearing a safety belt in a car mm -hmm. right. uh, mm -hmm. 40 years ago or 30 years ago or 20 years ago or it was yeah. not the case in some countries and still not the case so yeah yeah very true so how did you get used to the change changing location, changing countries, changing region. How did mm -hmm. you get used to the change? I guess I was, I was looking for, for it in a way. Yeah, I guess that, uh, I mean, I was interested to go abroad because it was different. Mm. So I wanted to see different things, different people, different culture, different way of doing things. Um, so when you are looking for that, I think you take it uh, positively in a way. And did you have a strategy to integrate? I guess that if you can learn some level of the local, I mean, the, the language, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's very important. You understand a lot of things when you, you start to speak few words or few 
sudden seize and, and, and you learn a lot about, yeah, why people, how they see the life or how, mm. what they value and so on. So I think when you learn the language, it, it shows actually the respect you have for, for the country and, and its people. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have another kind of, let's say, relationship with, with the person in general, yeah. Yeah, so really taking the time and the energy to learn the language, the local yeah. language. Mm -hmm. However, I'm not that good at that in the sense that ideally I would like to have spent more time learning mm -hmm. more, of, for example, Japanese or, or, and for example, for me, for Chinese, it, I can speak for daily life. Uh, but I can't, uh, how to say, I mean, I stayed 16 years, so there are people who after two years, they study very, or even one year, they study very hard and can speak uh, mm -hmm. better Chinese than mine, in a way, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what cross-cultural differences did you really notice by staying so long in China? Well, the, I think the, the interesting thing is that when you arrive in a new place, you are... I think you should be, a, you, you see different things that, like, that can shock you or that are different. And so mm -hmm. the more you stay, the more you stay, the less you see them. Mm -hmm. And uh, and therefore, for me, staying uh, 16 years in China, I'm I'm, uh, I'm a third or I'm half Chinese. And uh, in a way, uh, the yeah. way I, I see things and the, the way I I, uh, I communicate or I engage with people. Mm -hmm. uh, and the thing is, for example, the, uh, the way you criticize or not, uh someone in front of other people or this mm. kind of thing that you don't do basically or yeah. or you do in a yeah or maybe yeah maybe when 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 easy or is is the way you say no or you say yes so in mm -hmm. in, in china people in general won't say no uh i'm quite uh, how to say cautious I, i don't like too much to to say like Chinese are like this or French yeah, are like yeah. this. You know what I mean, because it's it's much more complex than oh, that. Oh yeah, much more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I, I guess like just when you ask someone to do something or if you agree on something, and when you in China you will hear yes, mm -hmm. uh, but there are a lot of yes. So mm -hmm. there is a yes that means that uh, I hear you, I understand, I, I agree with you, and I will do it. And so there are at least four levels, yeah. but you will have sometimes just like uh, I hear you and. I agree with you, but I won't do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or I hear you and I don't agree with you. Or yeah, just I hear you. Mm -hmm. Yes, I hear you. Yeah, I, I, I disagree and I will never do it. So you have to, if you just take the ba basic sense of the world, you yeah. think that the person has agreed and will do it, but mm -hmm. actually you find out that it's not the case. So you have to 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 confirm and to see sometimes the body language or the way they say the yes and so on. So. Mm -hmm. And how did you learn that differences? Did you learn with your uh, experience? Did you took some, uh, I don't know, cultural trainings? Did mm. you, um, was it with your partner you met? How did you yeah. deepen your knowledge? Yeah, I guess the experience. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, um, just, I mean, I see the difference when, um, for example, in one of my, in the project, So just to, yeah, when I, I went to China for two missions, mm -hmm. uh, three months and one month, and at some point, the subsidiary of, of my company, where the uh, German subsidiary had won, had won one project in China, and it was not going well, and, um, and the client wanted to stop the contract, and he was a very 
big reference for the, the group so that they could not afford to not have a success on that. And they asked me as a commission manager from the head office to go there. Mm -hmm. And what happened there was not a question of technique or competencies or whatever. It was purely on how you engage with the, your Chinese clients and how you understand what is important for them and so on. So actually there were so many um, or example of things that went wrong just because they didn't understand each other. Yeah. And, uh, and for example, I will give you one example. As a supplier, if I fly to, to this city in China, mm -hmm. um, the client on a Sunday, if I arrive on Sunday, he will send a car with a driver and maybe himself he will come to receive mm -hmm. me. I'm a supplier. What happened there when this client went to Germany, for example, yeah. He arrived on a Saturday and came to pick him up. Yeah. And he was on his own. He had to take a taxi and so on. And he could not speak that much English and so on. And, and he was so upset by that. Mm -hmm. you know? And when we had some fight with a previous, I mean, uh, with a subsidiary, he was, about, he was about something else. But actually, the reason, the root was coming from there, where there was like a lack of respect and attention and understanding. And so if you receive, this client well then you build up the relationship mm -hmm. and then things are easier so it took it took us uh, uh, many months uh, and thanks to um, also one of the engineers of our subsidiary there a chinese engineer who can understand both sides in a way oh, wow. mm -hmm. to to, uh, to build back the relationship and get the acceptance both technically but also politically yeah. for 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 the client to be happy yeah Oh, what a great example. And, and you're right in the cross-cultural differences, uh, how we make trust, how we build trust. Mm -hmm. It's a huge one. Yeah. It's very different from one uh, heritage to another. Mm, yes. and, and, it's, right. it's, and it's the basic of uh, creating relationships. Yes, yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah, actually even, even uh, so, I mean, talking about China, you have differences mm -hmm. Within China, China is huge. It's a it's continent. So I've been working in in Baotou in Mongolia, in Baoding, which is near Beijing. Uh, I've been working one year in Dalian, mm -hmm. and then I worked one year in uh, Guangzhou, near Hong Kong, and then one year in Beijing. Mm -hmm. um, and this was for the same company. And then I'm, uh, I joined an engineering firm, French one, based in Chongqing, in the center of China, on an infrastructure project which is, was again different um, in terms of uh, yeah, the local culture and the way of doing things and, and the food is very different. I mean, so, and then I spent, uh, went to Ch Shanghai. Uh, so there I spent 11, 10 years, sorry. Um, okay. I was a deputy GM for this firm. And then I joined another company called uh, Bureau Veritas where I worked for almost 12 years mm -hmm. altogether. Yeah. So, yeah. And did some... in... how did you arrive in New Zealand? So actually, um, yeah, what happened is I've been following um, environmental protection, climate change, pollution for mm -hmm. 20 plus years now. Um, first looking at the water, but then at the waste management and then at the air pollution. And China was really at the, let's say, uh, on the front line in terms of mm -hmm. air pollution. And um, when our daughter is born, so our daughter is born uh, 
um, close to eight years ago now. Mm -hmm. um, I, it just make a click in my head that, wow, we can't stay here. And it was a very, very difficult call because my wife being Chinese, she was happy to be in China and had no interest to go somewhere else. Um, and my, my job was very interesting, great colleagues and mm -hmm. I mean, the growth was just amazing. I mean, uh, the company I worked for, we were 250 in 2006, and uh, maybe eight years later, we were about 4,000 or 4,500, mm -hmm. so very strong growth. Um, so, but nevertheless, I thought, yeah, we had to, to give you, an, yeah, we could not go out really in the weekend without thinking, or for me, thinking too much that the air pollution is too high and it's not good oh, really? for, yeah, so at that point, that, yes, so you do that one weekend, it's not a big issue. You do this mm -hmm. two weekends, and then you, you start to realize, wow, that's going to happen often. And mm -hmm. I don't want to have that in a way. Mm -hmm. So, so, but so that's coming to uh, we were looking for a place where um, it's uh, there's clean air, yeah. uh, good environment, good economy nice people and so on so i i asked my company to move to either actually at that time i was looking at either at singapore or oceania australia mm -hmm. uh, in terms of cyber market um, and there was no position there and actually uh, i end up in paris <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah it's not really fresh in paris yeah. neither <laughs> yeah it's not really the, the closest um, uh, let's say route to go yeah. to uh, to new zealand but was interesting. Uh, so our daughter spent three years in China, and then we spent three years in Paris, actually. Mm -hmm. So it, it was good. And, and my role was I was a director for sales and marketing for greater Paris area. So I improved my French. Nice. <laughs> but uh, I was not speaking anymore English or, mm. or Chinese a little bit. And, and I was missing that a lot. So even so, we enjoyed being in France and to see the family and uh, to, to, to go to different places in Europe. It was just that, uh, yeah. So after a couple of years, I thought, wow, I, I really need to go back to, uh, to this region, to Asia Pacific or more to Pacific or Oceania. So I was looking, I did some, um, some trips to Australia mm -hmm. uh, to meet some companies and, and, and people. And then I did a trip to New Zealand and after these several trips where I was making maybe four to seven meetings every day, um, I get a couple of offers in Australia and one offer here in New Zealand. Um, and yeah, I choose to, to come to New Zealand. Maybe one thing to mention what is, what is important is, um, I found, yeah, coming back to France after 20 years abroad about, even if I was coming every year once or twice, I found the society change a lot. Yeah. Uh, people change a lot, the, and, and the relationship in, in Paris could be difficult between mm -hmm. people. Yeah. Even you, so, it changed a lot too. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. And um, and so, I mean, one to one, people are very nice, but mm -hmm. in certain contexts outside, people are can be very harsh against yeah. each other, and it was quite a shock in a way. But so um, you, you had your reverse cultural shock. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and another example, if, if we have a presentation in France with all our managers at the French level, mm -hmm. and then, uh, the, the head of uh, one department will say, we're going to do that, that this market and this product and so on. And then 
in this context, there was someone who stand up and say, oh, it's not going to work. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and like, like in China, this is never happening like this. Yeah, so I was a bit shocked by that. But uh, the funny thing is that uh, sometimes some people will just say, uh, what is not work, the 2% or the 5% that is not working, mm -hmm. uh, but they want to make the point, which is a fair point. Yeah. Sometimes they have a solution, that's good. Sometimes mm -hmm. they don't have a solution, but they just want to say that it's yeah. not working. <laughs> okay, fair enough, but yeah, so what do we do with that? Anyway, mm -hmm. so, um, and, and the funny thing is that sometimes they don't, they say they don't want, they don't, they won't do it, but actually after two or three months, they, they will do it because other origin will do it. Or, so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Thank you. No, so, um, um, yeah, so, yeah, one thing is when, when I came here, so I came here with my wife actually on holiday, I think 12 years ago, mm -hmm. or a couple of weeks. Um, but when I came here on my own, just having meetings with people mm -hmm. um, to, to try to find uh, some opportunities, just after the first day, after only five, four or five meetings, I, I just like, uh, stopped and thought like wow what's going on here why people are so nice mm. and it was really um, evident or striking in a yeah. way uh, i think people in australia are nice too mm -hmm. and here i think it's going to the next level in a way uh, where really people spend time and try to really help you uh, to understand what you're doing and so on so i was really like wow that's a very i mean i, I think that's something that like was quite impressive and it in is the, in the, yeah they are really people oriented and yeah. it's, it's it's very surprising on the level mm. the high level of people oriented and it's oh i think it's like having a cozy environment mm -hmm. safe one and yeah people are really nice mm -hmm. yeah I and agree. i think another another also aspect that was very uh, attractive for me is uh um, multicultural, or the, the number of, of, let's say, different ethnicities yeah. and culture and so on that you have in, in one place. Mm -hmm. That's just amazing. So in my workplace, there are people coming from all over the world, and that's so interesting, I think, too. It's very rich, and people yeah. are really open Yeah. and inclusive. That's a, a, a huge difference. We can mm -hmm. feel, I, I can feel these vibes. <laughs> Mm, yeah. So um, I'm mindful of the time, so I will ask you um, one last question. So, mm -hmm. what question haven't I asked that you <laughs> wanted me to ask? <laughs> oh, okay. That's a, I'm not sure. I mean, I've been a bit, uh, let's say, nothing is good. I mean, I, I didn't go through the detail of of my different function in, in, in some of the companies and so on, but I guess was not maybe the point or... Is there any learnings or, that we haven't talked about or anything you want to share that could give an advice to someone who would like to start a, a career or a pathway overseas? Mm. Yeah, um, I think, I mean, go to meet, go to engage with people, contact people and, and uh, to understand actually what it is, uh, I mean, yeah, it's kind of a market study or, so you have to understand that sometimes you have 
an idea or a dream, but actually you have to confront your idea or your dream to the reality, mm-hmm. the reality of the market or the reality of the needs or, or actually what is really happening here mm-hmm. and how are the people and sometimes it can be a good fit, but sometimes it's maybe not such a good fit. Mm-hmm. So it's important to, yeah, to, to learn and to engage with people who are here and so on. So, yeah. so your advice would be to prepare and then study Like, do you do your homework, study, and yeah, 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 and, and try to reach out to to all your contacts uh, to try to present what you're looking for. And I mean, by, by speaking, you will you will advance in uh, in your project, mm-hmm. and you will realize what is possible, what is not possible. You're aware or not of the visa conditions um, and what it means to be here, and why people are coming here. And actually, sometimes we find, oh, do we have a, a similar interest or not for? And so it's the movies is something, but the reality could be. Right. Really yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's yeah, that's exactly what it is about. The shock is about is the gap between the two. Mm, yeah. Yes. And I think, yeah, yeah. And after all, it's very personal. Uh, I would think that if you have the chance to try many different places or even different companies or different sectors different, that's good to do because it makes you realize which one you really like mm. or, or whether you want to continue and so on and then when you have a family this may change because uh, you're not only one but you are two and then maybe you're three and that's another another discussion and other happiness yeah, yeah. anyway yeah. well thank you very much Frédéric Thank you. Thank you for being with us today. Uh, if you like this podcast, please share it. And if you would like to be part of it, uh, send me an email and I would be more than happy to have you as a guest. Uh, in the meantime, stay tuned. There are more to come and I wish you a lovely rest of the day. Thank you. Merci. Au revoir. <laughs>